Camera speed. Camera set. Action. Hello from the south end of the University of Denver and welcome to episode four of Moving Pictures, the Project DU Film Podcast. I am Ryan Rose here with my co-host Abby Scadden and today we are joined by four incredible women to walk us through the process of casting, Juan Lee, Emily Goldberg, Ronnie Chang, and of course, Dr. Sheila Schroeder. They've all worked on the casting process for hunting season, which just wrapped up recently. Our first guest, Juan Lee Diaz, is the current casting director and producer for Hunting Season. As an artist from a young age, Juan's creative eye has enhanced her years of work in graphic design, leading her to specialize in marketing and design where she has created ads for various industries from finance to outdoor recreation. She is a dedicated producer and distributes as many captivating stories as she can. Inspired by the emotional storytelling by her favorite brands and networks, her most notable work has been with Superlative Films, where she helped craft the social media and digital marketing campaign for the theatrical release of the critically acclaimed Sundance film Columbus. Currently, she manages a video production company called Wander, focusing on short-branded documentaries. Thanks for being here, Juan. Thank you for having me. So just to get us started here, Juan, why don't you just give us a little bit on your background, how you got to DU, how you became involved with Project DU Film, and uh, how you got to be a producer. Sure. So like Abby mentioned, um, when I was in grad school, I was studying marketing, and we would watch uh, a lot of examples from a lot of brands that I really admire. And, you know, as, as I watched more and more, and as I started watching a lot of a lot of series. One of my um, favorite networks at the time, it was USA. And USA had this amazing campaign called um, Characters Approved. So all of their characters and all their series would kind of present themselves as normal, as normal people as you would see every day and how they would relate to normal people. And I just think the, the, way, the way that they did the campaign was just, it was great. It connected to me. And that's what inspired me to kind of create more content like that to connect with more people. Hmm. So as I was researching film programs throughout the country, you know, I knew I wanted to be close to home. So that's when I found DU and I kind of sat on it for a while. Like I wasn't sure if pursuing a master's was what I really wanted to do. So, uh, you know, I reached out and I felt like I had to go see for myself and Sheila was the first person that I met when I, I came to visit campus. And you still came. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pulled up. I remember the first day that I pulled up to campus. I was like, am I in the right place? <laughs> is, this, is, is this it? It doesn't look like the picture of DU. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I went inside anyway and I met with Sheila and she showed me around um, you know, the building and she showed me the cage and, you know, told me a little bit about the program. And, you know, I, I went home and I sat on it and, and, you know, I decided that if this was what I was going to do, if I wanted to pursue film and create more content that the, like the ones that have inspired me, then this is what I have to do. So that's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, now let's welcome to the show Emily Goldberg and Ronnie Chang. They are both students here at the University of Denver. Uh, why don't you two go ahead and introduce yourselves, tell us about your paths to DU and your roles within Project DU Film. So I'm Emily Goldberg. Um, I came to DU after going to community college for 
too long. Um, <laughs> I wasn't really able to go to a four-year college right out of high school. So I would go, and then I wouldn't go, and then I would go. And then I realized that film was the only thing worth going into debt for. <laughs> so I applied here and was, to my surprise, accepted. So mm. that's how I wound up here. So I'm a senior now. This is only my second year at DU. Um, first class I ever had here was with Sheila. Mm. <laughs> so that was um, formative. <laughs> that's good to hear. <laughs> Glad you stuck it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't drop the major, so I'm still here. Yay. And then my role on Project DU Film started off as just a PA and I started with casting and then I was promoted to um, assistant to the producers. Yes. Well, welcome. Thank you for having me. Hi, I'm Ronnie. Um, I am an international student from Hong Kong here at DU. Um, and I came to DU because first I wanted to go somewhere completely different from home. Um, <laughs> so I chose somewhere that um, was like all the way across <laughs> the world. The furthest from home. Yes. And it then, um, <laughs> um, it snows here. It does not snow back home. Mm. Like everything's completely different. I wanted to go like really out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, so that's why I kind of chose DU. Um, I was at first a biology major. Um, mm. <laughs> so it was always a de decision between biology and media slash film. Mm. Um, and so I went with biology first, did my first year, everything biology related. Didn't like it, so I switched majors to media studies um, because I took an MFJS class last quarter and really, really liked it. And so that's why I'm currently a media studies major. Um, so my role in Project EU Film so far, um, I've been helping with casting and um, tomorrow I'll be talking to the production designer, um, Angela, and we'll kind of talk about props and that kind of thing and see if I can help with that. Hmm. Well, thank you all and welcome again. Um, so the next question that we want to talk about, and Juan, this one's for you. Can you describe to us what exactly the role of the casting director is and your experience within that role in the, in, um, the project so far? Yeah, I mean, I would say in its basic sense that a casting director is responsible for assembling the perfect cast for, for the story. It all starts with the story and kind of analyzing the characters and analyzing what roles you, that needs to be cast and, you know, what are the resources that we can reach out to pull in these people mm. to create this story. When you're working on independent films, most oftentimes you will have to take on more than one role. Mm. So during Scary Lucy, being the casting director was one of those roles that, you know, I had to take on. Mm. So uh, it just came naturally this time around. And there were definitely things that we did during Scary Lucy that we didn't do this time around. So I feel like we are honing down our our procedures and you know what resources we like and what we don't like and how best to approach um, auditions. Hmm. Yeah, and I have to say, um, 
in terms of the casting director that it, it sounds <laughs> on the surface I think it sounds like a pretty easy job like but um, to Juan's credit she has reached far and wide for this cast um, it takes a lot of persistence it takes a lot of scheduling it takes a lot of uh, communication and as we look at our cast today because we just let people know on Monday um, we've offered roles and everyone accepted um, it, that could not have happened without Juan's um, persistence and um, her graciousness and you know people canceling and rescheduling and all that sort of thing and um, it takes a lot of time and effort so um, all props to Juan <laughs> <laughs> Well, how, how in general did the casting process go? All of you can kind of chime in on that one, but how, what was your experience like, just kind of in the broad sense? This was a well-oiled machine by the time, I mean, even frankly on day one, I felt really comfortable um, with the, the team that um, uh, originally Kat Moulton had put together, mm -hmm. and then Emily took over that, um, um, that role when Kat went to study abroad. It really starts from a very basic level of opening the door for people who are auditioning and um, making a good impression with them. Um, that person who would open the door would then lead them to the green room where there would be another person mm -hmm. who would ask if they needed sides, offer them snacks and water, and then sort of feel them out a lot of the time they wanted to talk a lot of the time they were too nervous to talk mm. then there was um, someone operating the camera and oftentimes someone reading so then um, the person from the green room would knock and bring in the person who was reading and mm. yeah it was pretty like uh, there was somewhere someone in every step there mm. So that was interesting and worked pretty fluidly. Hmm. Um, I, for the most part, did a lot of reading, which was interesting, but became very interesting during callbacks when I was reading with not just one person, but three people hmm. and not sitting in a chair. I was actually interacting with them and <laughs> those people are so talented mm. and I'm just like reading the lines like I'm you know reading a newspaper <laughs> <laughs> and um, I've read a lot for Sam who takes a lot of the brunt of Jasper's anger and mm. these people these men were very passionate <laughs> in their roles and I, I had to stand in while they just let Sam have it, and I was I was Sam for a lot of that. So the different roles that I played were very challenging. I'm not ready to become an actor. I, I, have, no, I have no. This is solidified. If I wasn't sure before, I'm sure now. I will not try to act. Yes, this other were a lot of talented people, and that was to be that in such close proximity, like acting with them. It's, it's it was intimidating but it was a, a good experience and I feel like from that perspective you really can tell like how good someone is how believable they are in the role and it's yeah it was like a very close inspection of their work so that as far as what I did a lot of it was reading very cool 
Um, for me, I kind of got to experience all of the roles, but um, I did not read as much, which I'm really happy. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have to do that. Uh, but um, so for the first day, I was here for five or six days, and then for my first day, because I'm not as familiar with this, um, like all the filmmaking I'd done before was like. Amateur filmmaking, you know, handheld camcorder, that kind of thing.、Um, so I got to kind of ease in a bit. Like I was the one opening the doors, and I was the one in the green room. And I think that really helped because if I had to kind of be the one reading or be the one operating camera, camera, I'd be like, oh no, how do I do this? <laughs>、um, so after, like, after being like slowly eased into it, then I got to do. Everything else, and that was a really good experience for me because I'd never done that before. And you know, Emily talked about the different roles that are required of a casting team, and it really does start at the front door. I mean, you want to make sure people feel that you are professional,、mm-hmm. um, and you want to make them feel at ease and comfortable,、um, because you know, coming in and reading for a part is a very vulnerable moment for actors. And I, I think as a, as the director, I picked up on that more and more.、Um, I couldn't imagine, frankly, being on that side of the camera. And、um, so, all props to our everybody who showed up. To read for hunting season, and to our our uh, young um, uh, casting crew because they did a, I think a, a phenomenal job. I heard from several actors how professional the whole process was. So that's to Juan's credit, and that's certainly to the credit of those students who were part of the team.、Hmm. Well, I got to sit in and watch、um, a good portion of the casting early on in the process. And one of the things that I really admired about you, your team, was again just the level of comfort that people were walking into. You know, as an actor, I grew up, you know, on stage and remember auditions just being this terrifying, you know, space of sweating and and just nerves. And I had a director growing up that was just not a kind person. She put on really good shows, but it was a, you know, it kind of created this, you know, very、um, PTSD esque side of kind of experience for me. And then walking in and watching you all operate and just how. Welcoming you were and thankful for each person coming into the audition. It was it was a beautiful experience to be a part of. Like I I can't thank you enough for letting me sit in on that. Well, well, thank you for that. And again, you know, credit goes to the whole team.、Mm-hmm. Absolutely.、Uh, can you guys share with us what you did to prepare for the casting process? Well, Sheila wrote the script and、um, put us all in this position. <laughs> so, that almost sounded like an accusation there, Juan.、Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel like we we had a bit of a challenge this time around,、um, considering that one of the roles we were casting for was for a ten year old boy.、Mm-hmm. So, casting youth actors, especially in Colorado, could be quite difficult. So there there was a there was a bit of a challenge there. <laughs> <laughs> But I would say、um, previously, like I said before, it all starts with a script. You figure out where your roles are. And then from then on, you build what is called a casting call. So your casting call will give you a little bit of information about your company,、um, what projects you've worked on before, and then the project currently that you're auditioning for.、Hmm. And then and, you know it has all of the roles and all of the details that an actor or actress may find useful、um, when they're trying out for the part. And then you know from then on, it's figuring out where you are going to share this information. So we've 
built a list of resources that we've used before um, in terms of social media channels and uh, talent agencies that we've worked with and also just within our network of fellow actors, fellow producers, fellow directors who they think, you know, would best fit the role. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's just a matter of reaching all of those people and, uh, and and recruiting the right the right people to come read for for the role. What kind of or what agencies do you use in town? Do you use all of them? Do you have a select that or a selection that you prefer to work with? What's that process like? You know, I think it's a matter of whatever the role is that you're trying to cast for, because all of the agencies in town are you know fairly different when it comes to to talent. Hmm. Some some agencies may have a lot of youth actors, and some may not. Some may have like. I don't know, more genders or more races of, of that sort. So it's just a matter of who you're trying to to recruit. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, just how different those you know platforms can be and what, what type of talent is um, attracted to those or pulled in for you know different ty- types of projects on there. Yeah, because you see you see so many actors and they're all from very different talent agencies. We have Radical, we have Presley, we have Big Fish, and you know what is it about those talent agencies that are making these actors like go to them? Mm-hmm. So I would assume there's certain whether it be vibes or criteria or the types of um, work that the agency is like giving out. So it, t- it totally varies. That's really interesting. Emily and Ronnie, just real quick, kind of, kind of circle back to you. Um, Emily, specifically, you have, you mentioned before that you've progressed from the um, PA role to the assistant role. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you found yourself in that transition? What motivated you to, you know, seek out more responsibility and, and, and just in general, just kind of what, what you feel is good advice to folks trying to move their way up in these production crews? Well, I put on my application for Project U Film that I was flexible. <laughs> um, so that is something that I wanted to stress. Like I'm willing to do pretty much anything as long as it will get my foot in the door on this or any other project. And so I was willing to change positions to have anything more to do with Project EU Film. And I think it was the first weekend I approached Sheila and just asked like, if when casting's over, Am I done? Like, do I get another job? Like, do we move on? Um, I think I was just really persistent in showing interest. And people come and they show up and they do the job and then they go home. Mm. And for me, I it it wasn't like that. It's not like that. And I don't do many things like that. Mm-hmm. So I really take things with me. And I wanted Sheila and Juan to know that I take it very seriously. Like I had, ta- I stressed that I had taken off days of wo- like all of the days of work I um, put that I could work every single day for casting. Like I was love that. Yeah. Well, and Ryan, what you saw during casting is that Emily um, really appointed herself well. I mean, she's a really good people person. I think. Um, the way she worked with uh, Jesse, the young talent that came in and um, who was cast as uh, Carlos in the film, um, working with um, him and um, his mom, uh, she just came in um, up 
really appointed herself well. And so she became assistant to the producers when Kat moved on. And um, I think now would be a good time to let Emily know that she's now assistant producer on the film. Um, so we're going to be looking to her for um, additional um, uh, effort and uh, work. And uh, Juan and I are really going to be reaching out to her to take on some additional roles. Thank you. That is a, that, that is a, gr- a great honor to me. I mean that very sincerely. Thank you so much. This is genuinely when I'm finding out. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. We thought it might make a nice uh, uh, announcement here on the Project D Film Podcast. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that, Emily. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, my heart's just like so happy now. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Um, so Ronnie, kind of in the same direction, but we, we know that you're kind of new to the process. What do you look forward to, you know, in, in the role of the, you know, um, uh, PA, is that correct? Yes. PA in Production the, um, assistant. There we are. Um, you know, and what, what are your goals within Project Do You Film specifically? Um, mainly right now I'm looking forward to um, learning more about everything because, mm-hmm. again, I'm very new to this process. Um, and... Because I'm really interested in making props and that kind of thing, I'm also looking forward to working with the production designer and seeing how I can learn more from that process. Lots of opportunities. Yes, definitely. And I know we're going to have Angela on a a separate podcast, but um, she is a terrific mentor. So you've got a lot of uh, fun um, and learning ahead of you because she really does... uh, uh, allow students to take on responsibilities and um, looks to you to, you know, really follow through. So that's going to be a great team to enter. To Ronnie's credit, she jumped on the camera once, asked a few questions, and then from there on out was pretty solid in doing that. So I don't think she will have an issue finding other work within the film. Pretty uh, fast learner. That's wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> you know, you guys are um, kind of get demonstrating just how valuable it is to just keep your mind open and, and working in that process and, and recognizing the value of learning anything you can, you know, on these sets and, and how it can take you to those spaces that, you know, where you're really interested and, and provide the most growth. Um, we've talked about that a lot on these episodes and just the value of that, that space. Well, and let me point out that uh, Juan started uh, exactly where uh, Ronnie and Emily started, right? She was a PA on our first film, um, Happy Effing Valentine's Day. And I was also a assistant to um, Angela, our production designer, as well. Hmm. So I'm, I did the exact same thing that you're about to do on hunting season. And it was terrifying because one of the days Angela couldn't be on set so I had to take over for her for that day. Oh. It was exciting, but a little nerve-wracking, mm. um, I will say. And when we started Happy Effing Valentine's Day, it was really very exciting because my first time on a film set. Um, I mean, in high school, there was this film that came and shot a few scenes in our parking lot that I got to be a part of. I was one of the drivers, so I was literally parking, um, getting out of the parking spot, and then parking again like 10 times. So that was my other experience on a film set, but this was definitely a very hands-on experience. And, you know, we got to travel to Netherland, and it was an amazing experience watching the story evolve mm. and just learning from everybody 
on the crew. Like every, literally every single person was amazing at what they do. And there was no way that you could have walked out of the experience without learning at least one thing. So it was, it was quite valuable for me. It's amazing to see how that progression, you know, um, moves forward and, and really what it takes to find those, um, find yourself within it, you know, and, and, and really uh, be comfortable in a space where you can grow. Um, so thank you for sharing. I want to know what you guys look for uh, when actors are auditioning. Uh, should they read directly from the script? Should they keep it more natural and improvisational? Uh, dress code, that kind of thing. So um, as the director... Um we, uh, Juan and I, get together and we pick out scenes that we f feel would um, allow us to see uh, not only their talent in a specific uh, situation, but also that allows us to kind of take them through um, different kind of emotional choices that they, they get to make. Um, so the first thing they do is they come in, they have something called sides. Um, that sides are that scene that we want them to read from. Some auditions are, you ask them to come in and present a monologue, something that they've prepared already, but we wanted them to read from this from the screenplay. So they have those sides in advance. One, make sure that they have them at least a week out. Uh, we also have them in the green room. And so when they come in, the first thing we do is say, you know, just give us your take on what the scene is. You know a little bit about the character through the character description that they received. And so we have them read read it that way. Mm. And as Emily pointed out, they're often reading with someone who is just like off screen. So if it's a scene between two people, it's them and then a reader. And uh, then um, it's my job as a director to direct, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm just learning about. Um, and so my approach has been uh, to try to take them to, to kind of the extremes of the character. Um, and see if they take direction um, and how that, uh, how that idea uh, transforms itself into performance. Mm. And I think uh, as, a, as a crew, we got pretty good at sort of recognizing when people were able to do that uh, in a way that we wanted them to do that. And one thing that we would do after each person came in is we had evaluation sheets. And I liked, um, I, I had my own opinions, but I also like to involve my camera person, the person who is reading, um, Juan certainly, um, and anybody else in the studio who's part of our team to sort of weigh in so that they're starting to gauge and understand talent and whether people can take direction um, and whether they seem right for the part. Mm. And I think that's a really good learning opportunity for students because um, our crew was, was all students except for one, um, to start that talent evaluation process themselves because many of those students are going to be taking our narrative capstone class and they're going to be running auditions themselves and this, so they need to know how that process ho all works. So um, we were able to do that. Um, I think we had six different casting days and then we had two days of callbacks. So it was a, it was a grind um, but I think we got an, an exceptional cast. What do you look for with actors, um, and specifically on memorization and, and, again, dress code or anything like that that you recommend, um, you know, and, and kind of exploring how your process went along the way? I think it's impressive when people come in and they uh, embody 
the character somewhat, whether it's um, through their their clothing choices, um, foot. Sometimes you know, you know, some of these characters are kind of boot wearing uh, denim. Uh, characters and so I think we all appreciated that as part of and I think that allows the actors also to sort of get into character mm. more part of the part of what you're wearing helps you do that um, and to that end um, I asked our our casting crew to come in in flannel shirts and um, I wore flannel myself throughout mm-hmm. the casting process just to again kind of give ourselves our, uh, our own vibe um, so uh, from an actor's perspective, and, and I think this is a great question for an actor <laughs> and never having been one, but I could tell um, when someone had um, spent some time with the sides, with the scene, and had um, really a sense of who the character was and was able to then, um, when given direction, the more you know that character, then the more that you can take on different choices, Mm. different emotional choices. Um, So I, you know, I would recommend to, I think the most successful, and you guys can chime in on this, I think the most people who were most successful in the auditions knew the characters and were able to embody them. Mm. Um, And I think what impressed me most about the cast that we uh, ended up with is that they, they understand silence. They understand those moments between dialogue that allow you to communicate, mm. um, whether it be through an action or through um, a look at another character in the scene, um, through body language, through uh, uh, how they're positioning themselves in relationship to each other in the in the camera. So um, uh, that was, I think. As I've done now, this is my third narrative and have been in on the casting process each time. That's Those are the moments that impress me the most. I will say, I think being prepared goes a long way. Um, of course, as Sheila mentioned, we didn't ask people to memorize uh, the entire side. You know, they can definitely read off of them, but it's important for you to have at least read them through. <laughs> there were plenty of times where people came in and they told us that they didn't get the side at all. And I thought that was strange, but it provides a sense of professionalism if you did, in fact, didn't get your side, that you reach out and do what you need to do mm-hmm. to prepare for the role mm-hmm. instead of coming totally off book without any sense of what the character is because then that doesn't tell me that you were dedicated to this this craft or dedicated to this project and it kind of pushes you back in the line a little bit so i would say yeah being prepared you know reading over reading over your sides coming on time um, being familiar with the project definitely gives you gives you a little push ahead I'd like to preface this by saying that anyone who came to read is far braver than I. (laughs) But Juan pretty much took the words out of my mouth as far as people coming and saying they never got their sides. Um, I'm almost certain they always did. (laughs) And if you didn't, you really can't show up to an audition having no idea what the character is, who you're reading for. It Mm -hmm. just... 
it almost immediately discredited them. Same with people who would show up considerably late or considerably early. We've had people who said that they came early because they had better things to do later in the day. Not great. Um, As far as dress, specifically for the character of Sam, she's supposed to be, you know, like, she's like a hardcore comedian girl. And there were, I definitely noticed when people embodied that rather than showing up wearing like a floor length dress. Mm. It was, you could tell that those people really understood, at least from that perspective, who she was and the purpose of the script. Mm. And I think those people who understood it from the beginning actually did end up progressing at least to callbacks and then ultimately to actually being cast in the role. I mean, I feel like the the importance of being professional in all of this, you know, has been kind of a thread that we've been talking about all along is like take it seriously and and recognize that, you know, people are putting a very big amount of effort and, you know, a lot of time and a lot of passion into these things. And when people don't take it seriously and they don't come out with the same perspective, it's very hard to, you know, you know, consider them, you know, in any in any sense. I think the biggest problem for me was that any time someone said they didn't get their side or they didn't know the address to the building, it was sort of undercutting Juan because I know that she would have been thorough in doing that. I I think the address was sent out quite a few times Mm. and sides absolutely were sent. And so it was just sort of like not you're not starting on the right foot. So being prepared and thoroughly reading your emails <laughs> uh, is pretty is pretty important job one job one but no no one was ex- expected to like have the script memorized and most of the people who ended up being cast or called to callbacks did not their first audition it i would rather have you have your script in front of you and actually get the lines correct than try to go off book and kind of botch it so at one point when I was watching you all, um, there was a kind of a comment made about how sometimes the the actor or the person auditioning um, kind of changed the wording slightly um, to make it fit more their style. Um, what's your perspective on that process? I'm absolutely fine with that. Um, I uh, And I've seen that happen with Scary Lucy and I saw it happen with um, Happy Effing Valentine's Day. And I think um, the la- as an actor, you need to own the language. Um, and, but more importantly, you need to own the emotion of that scene. And if the language helps you get there, uh, then absolutely uh, take it. Um, there are some very specific things, though. And I know this in talking to other uh, writers who have you know, written things that we've all seen on television, um, where uh, certain words are really important because they set something up further on down the, down the line. Um, there are a few of those moments in um, hunting season, so we'll we'll really pay attention to those particular moments. But um, uh, I'm fine with, in, in general, an actor making it their own. And um, how about potential? Do you guys ever value potential over the actual initial audition? And if so, how do you realize that potential? Yeah, potential is something very hard to uh, measure. But that's exactly, I think, how you cast is that you have a sense of uh, 
this actor's ability, their potential, as it were, to embody the character. And uh, we see some of that during callbacks. And I think the really exciting part, I think, that we're all going to see is how uh, these actors take on the roles even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's a transformative experience. I saw that happen in our two previous films, and I love that that process. I love seeing that process. I love seeing that actor's growth. And then hopefully as as the director, right, it's my responsibility to help them get there. So I'm um, not only excited about that, but I'm also terrified uh, because this is the first time I will be doing that. Um, so I feel a lot of responsibility to take care of my actors and make sure that this is a positive experience for them. But we're gonna take a little break from the interview section, and we have a little uh, we have our section, our trivia section that we want to move into. Now you guys have not seen the questions yet or the answers. This is not a point system. Um, this is just more of an informational section for our audience to kind of learn more about filmmaking. So it doesn't matter if you get it right or not. It's just some fun that we're going to have here. I'm out. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Juan's tapping out. No, she's not. I'll bring her back in. Our first question of the 380 casting directors credited in the top 300 films from 2016 to 2018, what percentage were women? 12%. That's a lot lower than it actually is. Yeah, this one's a little anomaly. Any other guesses? 30%. We know, <laughs> we know it's higher than 12. <laughs> 45%. 23%. Keep going. 60%. Keep going. Oh, keep going. 80. 80. Close. So close. Yep, 83.4%. Well, and they say that um, casting is 80% of your movie. Um, so uh, we know uh, how well films are doing because there are so many women uh, casting directors, right? You know, that's not quite surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I just feel like any time anytime that I've watched um, the audition process or hear of a casting director casting for this film or this role, it's almost always a woman. And... I'm not sure why that is. Maybe they're tapping into more of their emotional side to better look for for, for, for these things to fill these roles, but maybe it's something else. I don't know. It's just, that's what I've seen to be. Yeah. I don't know if it's connections or relationships that maybe um, one gender uh, has over another. I don't, I don't particularly know. I do know that oftentimes in Hollywood um, that tradition plays a part. So this might be something where um, uh, women have had started and continued through and so kind of growing from there. But I, I, mm. the, the, it'd be interesting to bring in a, um, an actual casting director from L.A., and to talk about that. So let's think about that for the future. And I wonder if it, because it's not as mainstream of a role as directing and acting, that maybe it's easier for women to kind of get into it because it's not so so out in the open that people are going to notice it right away. Could be a possibility too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Which award ceremony is adding a casting category in 2020? The Golden Globes. The Emmys. No. The Oscars? No. no. It's BAFTA, the British oh. Academy. 
film and television. Yeah, so they're adding a casting category in 2020. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, is is Juan available? Uh, <laughs> can we nominate Juan? I mean, How I'm do we send in it. nominations? <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool, though, because that's a very important job. Yeah. Whoever the person is that's going to read for your principal roles or any supporting roles, they're going to pave the way for this story. I think it's so important that these award shows start integrating more of these behind the scenes processes into the awards like you know casting is super important and you know stunt doubles that kind of thing and so I'm super excited that they're adding one within the next year our third and final question which woman is the casting director responsible for Forrest Gump and frequently for Martin Scorsese films you've stumped us Abby (laughs) once again (laughs) I think that was me in another pastime. (laughs) (laughs) Any any guesses? No. I no. Please please tell us. It's Ellen Lewis. Ellen Lewis. Yeah. Well, there's a name to remember. I mean, definitely. And and that that tells you right there. I mean, we can name a lot of directors. We can name certainly talent that's in front of you know in People Magazine every every week. But those unsung heroes that really bring, uh, that are really important to that uh, filmmaking team, um, casting directors. So Ellen, hats off. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And she's done a lot of amazing work with Mamma Mia, Shutter Island, The Departed, Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. So she's done a lot of stuff on these big name films. I'm interested that Scorsese needs a casting director. He sort of recycles <laughs> actors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations, everyone, on, on the trivia section. <laughs> so, Do we get something? Air five. Right here. I, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Kudos. Gold <laughs> As students in the casting process and Project Do You Film, what do you look forward to in hunting season? And how has the experience in Project Do You Film shaped some of your career goals that you're working towards? Still, as a senior, I feel like I was a little cheated out of the full film school experience <laughs> because this is only my second year. So when people ask me what I want to do in the film industry, I still have almost no idea. (laughs) And now that I've started with pre-production, I'll be there for production and hopefully some of post-production. I am excited to perhaps more so narrow down what I want to do. Mm. And I'm lucky to have the opportunity to see all, all of the stages of that. So as far as how it's shaping my career goals, maybe I'll produce. Maybe I will. It's, it's um, giving me an opportunity to see what I want to do, and that's really cool to me. Yeah, I think having that opportunity to explore is, you know, what this process is about. And, um, you know, at least you, you know, you know, you know more than a few things. I think you've mentioned here today, you know, not wanting to necessarily act, but be behind the camera. And you have the, all this experience as producing and stuff now. So it sounds like you have um, several opportunities um, building for you. I think so, too. And I'm very <laughs> thankful and glad for that. Um, definitely right now I'm still in the exploring stages. Um so, I mean, casting was definitely interesting. Um, I knew that casting was in, was important, but also wasn't quite sure how much effort went into it. Mm. And so, 
it was interesting for me to see and experience. One of the things we we always like to talk about is how the student experience influences, you know, career, you know, career um, potential, and and especially with experiential education, which this format basically is. Um, you know, how do you how do you see it helping you? And you, anything else you want to add to that? Um, I'm definitely excited to see like the people that we've cast actually, you know, act in the film. Mm-hmm. I would also say that being involved with DU Film has encouraged me to be more involved with film in general. Um, Nicole and I, who is behind the scenes on this podcast, (laughs) uh, we went to the Whiffum Co. event and thank you for that. (laughs) And I saw Sheila there and just like learning about the different opportunities within Denver about film and... Yeah, it's sort of inspiring to go from just, you know, you do a lot of things in school. And I think the key to perhaps being successful in building your own body of work is taking on those extracurriculars. And I think D-Film is not only the perfect way to do that, but I think it further inspires people to do that. I mean, if you look at the people who have, like Juan, who were once production assistants on these films. Like, they are pretty successful, and they do go on to pursue careers in the industry. And with that, it has a pretty good reputation for actually connecting alumni and students and making those bonds. And Thank you. We're trying. <laughs> as as we're, we're all trying, right? Especially in the film industry. And I, I do want to say that I think one of the main aspects of Project DU Film is about exploration. It's important to kind of put yourself out there and try everything. Because if you're coming into this industry not knowing a lot of things, all you can do is try to learn everything. And then from then on, you figure out what you don't like to do. Emily doesn't want to act. <laughs> <laughs> and then you start to figure out what you do like. And then you can figure out a path that works best for you. But yeah, Project U Film allows you to explore all the aspects of film. Then you could figure out, you know, where your passion is. Well, I think another thing is just learning as much as you can. You know, we've heard many times, you know, about how how important it is to put yourself in all these different areas so that you understand the full capacity of the production process rather than just honing in on one area and kind of limiting yourself in that in that role in the industry. Yeah, and I would say that, um, again, like to point to Juan as I think perhaps one of our best success stories, mm-hmm. starting from um, production assistant, you know, having... Uh, not really fully been on a a film set before Um, having that then that responsibility that Angela felt that she could handle and these things happen quickly I mean you see today even with Emily right Um, how quickly she has sort of worked her way up the chain Um, good people find a, a, a place right and and we're we're always looking for talented people to take on more responsibility because it's a lot of work. But back to Juan's story, you know, moving up just within Valentine's Day and then feeling confident enough in Juan uh, and Martine um, to become um, assistant producers, right, on um, Scary Lucy. And then on set, I mean, without Juan, that film doesn't happen. 
Um, I had, I was, I was well in over my head. Um, um, and that's when I was really looking for people who were, um, who I could trust and who could take on additional responsibilities. And Juan was that person. Um, she was definitely my right hand. And then she became, she found herself some right hands, uh, right? So Kevin Vargas became um, our key PA. He started off as a PA and like two days later, he was our key PA. So um, those kinds of things happen because the cream rises to the top and we need people to step up and step up quickly and step up effectively. Um, and that's not to say that they do that without any um, guidance, right? Because the mentors are always there willing to help. Um, and so that's when you have to say, hey, um, I don't know how to do this, or I need some help, or could you set me out on the right path? And we do that for each other. And um, one, uh, I, I, I'd like to think I did that for one, and then one has handed that down, and she will continue to do that. Um, she's already done that with Kat, um, and now uh, with Emily stepping into that role too. So um, that those kinds of things just, they get me up in the morning. They really do, because I love seeing that growth in, in our students and in our alumni. Do you have any other, I know we've covered quite a bit of um, advice for students, for filmmakers, all of those pieces, but does anybody have any other last minute thoughts um, on advice that they would like to share um, to our listeners? Yes. <laughs> for students who didn't sign up to do Project EU Film this time, I... I'm sad for them. They're missing out on a great opportunity. And if they are here for the next Project DU film, I would strongly encourage that they do sign up because it is something that I think is very valuable to the process of going to film schools, actually working on a larger budget production that's not, you know, you struggling to cast your friends in a short film it's <laughs> valuable and you meet people and it's it makes me sad that there are people who didn't sign up who could really benefit from it yeah awesome all right and the last question my favorite what's your favorite film <laughs> <laughs> there doesn't have to be one you can have a few that's not fair can we guess each other's favorite film <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look at Sheila and <laughs> I'm going to say Sheila's favorite film is as a huge Tarantino fan. <laughs> it's no, no. Um, I, I've already shared my um, favorite film, so I'll let you guys go first. And if you guess my favorite film, um, then I is will... it the favorite the favorite. Oh, that's one of them, oh. for sure. Well, we, that was we, certainly we my favorite. We all don't just have recently. one favorite film. Right. That's, so, that's too so hard what's, of a question. So what's on so. your list, Juan? Oh, goodness. Um, I will say the film that just came to mind right now, which is Three Billboards. Um, fantastic mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. You haven't watched it. Heart-wrenching. Mm -hmm. But the performances are amazing. I think that's what I look for. In, in my favorite films, it's always is always either there's a quirky character or um, the actress has so much act, actress or actor has so much range that it just stays with me. 
So it's almost always boils down to the characters. Yeah, I heard that Frances McDormand is actually still in the hospital from the injury she sustained from carrying that entire movie on her back. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. I don't have a concrete answer ready. The original Wicker Man, Suspiria, Deliverance, Stand By Me, um, Silver Linings, Playbook, Scream, just... An array. Love it. <laughs> Love it. I can't just choose one, but um, I guess Short Term 12 and also a foreign film, Train to Busan. Yeah. What, what was the first one? Um, Short Term 12. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. Mm-hmm. It's like an independent film. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. We'll Another the... one to add to my list. <laughs> right. Another foreign film, Amelie. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So I will, um, I will tell you my favorite film in a song. Yes. <laughs> I can't but I can't sing. <laughs> I would disagree. On, wait, wait. <laughs> Rain, raindrops on roses and whispers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm. Yeah. No. Yes. Very good, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So do you know that that song that I'm referring to? The, yes. the sound of music. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Phew. Sorry. Phew. I, I forgot it wasn't the voice. It was, <laughs> it, <laughs> it was bad singing, but I would like to think the that. The lyrics were there. The though. lyrics were, yeah, oh, exactly. That's awesome. Anyway. Well, yeah. thank you guys so much. That was fun. Um, on behalf of everyone here at Moving Pictures, the Project DU Film, we'd like to thank you guys so much for your time. It was wonderful hearing about the casting process, learning more about you all, um, and we hope to c- we can have more opportunities to speak with you in the future. Um, and to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to our fifth episode. Join us next time when we have our second segment on women in film with the incredible Lauren De Carvalho, a professor here at the University of Denver who specializes in women's narratives. I'm your host, Ryan Rose. And I'm your co-host, Abby Scadden. And thank you guys for listening to Moving Pictures, the Project You film podcast. We will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to and supporting Moving Pictures, the Project You film podcast. As with any project, your support is what helps us continue on. For more information on how to get involved with moving pictures, please visit movingpixpod.com and follow us at movingpixpod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Project DU Film, or Film Initiative Linking to Mentors, is a collaborative, experiential mentorship filmmaking program bringing together faculty, professional alumni, and students to create, promote, and distribute films. Project DU Film is part of the University of Denver's 501c3 nonprofit, and all donations are tax-deductible. Thank you again for supporting Moving Pictures.